When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. To the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, they... Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 197 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden, here today with a special guest, Paul Reindel. He's been on the show once before. He was on here last year. Uh, this is Ben and Wood's producer. Uh, I really, really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, how's it going, Ben? Thanks for having me back on, man. Doing well. All right. So before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Located inside Petco Park during the Padres season and in Mission Gorge and Point Loma. Those are their two uh, locations outside Petco. You can visit gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu. Uh, their phone numbers are there, their addresses, all that good stuff. Um, all right, so we'll talk about Ben and Woods in a little bit, but obviously want to talk about the Padres first. Uh, a rough, really sloppy loss last night, uh, to say the least. And this, this, I thought this was going to be a, you know, an easy question to start off with, but there's obviously recency bias. So, you know, to start off, are you happy or disappointed with the team right now as we're more than halfway through the season? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Obviously, recency bias is going to make you feel upset. Um, yeah, we, we talk about it every morning. And I think it's weird because, like, Ben Higgins would tell you, Look, like I know this last couple of weeks has really sucked, but the team's still like well above 500, and you haven't had Tatis, blah 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 blah. Um, for me, I, I feel like I'm really—I know it's not a good answer. I feel like I'm right in the middle because 
yes, that's all true. Like the team is absolutely a playoff contender. And I think they've exceeded expectations in the first half of the year. Um, They're definitely well above 500. They've done it all without Fernando Tatis Jr. However, despite all that, I feel like most of the players are not playing up to their potential uh, or even like their, like their averages, like where they should be. Um, I think the pitching has been great. uh, At least the starting pitching, the bullpen has been pretty suspect for really most of the year. Um, The starting pitching has been great. And I think that's, what's carried throughout most of this first half. Um, You know, we had the occasional game where like the offense would blow up for like, 14 runs we're like this is awesome but those were so few and far between that any has had a great first half i'm pretty sure he's playing pretty banged up right now like he just doesn't i mean he hit a bomb the other night but he still just doesn't quite feel like he's totally 100 um and then other than that like hosmer got off to a a hot start in april he's completely cooled off besides those two guys i mean cronenworth had a couple of weeks where he was looking pretty good hassan kim's been all right uh profar i think's probably like he's been giving you really good at bats uh in the leadoff spot but then now he's out for a few more days so i just feel like as a in general the team hasn't quite lived up to where they should be despite all that though they're still you know 11 games over 500 at the point at this point you know they don't have to tease yet but i just think that there's a lot of help and a lot of glaring holes that still need to be addressed for this team to go to the next level yeah, and you, you talk about us being in a good spot. Like, whenever, you know, I'm tweeting out highlights during games and all that, and it's like, what is Grisham doing, you know, last night when he drops it? Or the Ruiz or the Voight base running mistakes? Or Taylor Rogers blowing, you know, or giving up runs, and they win by one run instead of, like, three the other night. So, I, you know, I'm disappointed in that. But then you look at the record, and it's like, there's still 11 games over 500. <laughs> you got to realize that we're without Fernando, uh, no profile right now, right? Um, they've been out Pomerantz, who's probably their eighth inning guy. Robert Suarez now to the 60-day IL. Like, there's a lot of, you know, they've been without Bob Melvin for a little bit at times during this year, Ryan Christensen, and had Ryan Flaherty in there. Like, they've had some weird circumstances, and there's still 11 games over 500, still in the playoffs uh, right now. And I, I know that this last month, it's not been great, but I still try to keep that, you know, that positive, Last half full Ben Higgins perspective is what I like to say uh, about this team. Um, now, going a little bit not glass half full, you know, with the Voight Ruiz stuff yesterday, obviously Voight tagging up on a fly ball to left when he shouldn't have, uh, and then Ruiz trying to steal third with two outs. It was in the same inning. What base running decision was worse for you? Like, I've, I've, I've seen people have different viewpoints on that. Um, I, First off, I was like, okay, this Voight decision, like, you're not fast at all. Uh, it's two left field. You're already in scoring position. But then Ruiz, it's like you ran through a red light. You know, they, they gave you the red light, and great. You looked at the scouting report, and you saw what you saw. But at the end of the day, you didn't obey, you know, the coaching staff. So what's worse for you? I mean, they're both really not great. They're they're both pretty bad. I think um, I think I would probably if I choose, I'd say Ruiz just because yeah. uh, making the third out at third base right. like it just it, it I hate it so much. It is like elementary level like dude, you do not do that. 
And then you find out that he ran through the red, you know, the red light or not ran through the red light, but uh, missed the sign or whatever, chose to ignore it. And that factors in, but you know, you're like, oh, he's a rookie. I don't know. First game jitters. Like maybe just, I don't know. I have have no idea. Um, But that was like, that's a pretty basic, like high school level thing. Like Mm -hmm. you don't do that because there's two. So what happens if, 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 even if he steals, he still needs a base hit to score. Like, I guess he will walk if the bases. well, the bases wouldn't be loaded second and third. So like you would still need a base hit uh, a fly ball. Wouldn't help you in that case in scoring on a sack fly because there's two outs. So if you're that fast that you could think you can steal third, then guess what? You're going to score from second on that base hit. So I just, I didn't understand it. Uh, Voights was also completely inexplainable. I mean, the, the difference between the two is Voight is a veteran, absolutely no better. Ruiz, while he, it was his first game in the major league, he still should know better because, I mean, they were teaching that in Little League. But um, I guess I'd go with Ruiz but just for it being the third out. But they were both just – it was, like, so frustrating to watch that. <laughs> yes, yes, very. Um, when we talk about this team and the holes and all that, obviously offense – is I feel like it's going to be the first thing that's brought up. If you were Preller, like what positions, like top to bottom, like if you had to rank those positions of need, who would you want to be going after first? Like what positions would you want to upgrade first? Like is it catcher for you? Is it first base or whether that's sliding crony over to first? Is it really outfield or is it trying to get another reliever? Like, because of Taylor Rogers as of late, like there, it's a lot of tough questions that he has to answer right now. Yeah. The toughest part of all of that is trying to guess what AJ Preller is going to do, because for all we know, he's probably going to go out and try to get Luis Castillo or something like another great starting pitcher that we don't need. Like, I mean, it would be great. Nobody's going to say no to Luis Castillo, but uh, it's already our, it's our number one position of strength. And yet, you know, last year, Cronenworth was an all-star. What did he do? He went and got the other second base all-star. <laughs> like, it, it just, you don't, you have no idea what he's going to do. Um, if it were me, though, I, I think, yeah, catching is definitely a, a weakness right now. I love Jorge Alfaro. I don't know that he's just like your everyday catcher, even for this year, let alone for the future. Um, the organization does seem really high on Luis Camposano still, so... Yeah. While he could be a trade piece, like I imagine that they think he could also be the catcher of the future. So that's going to be super high on the list. Um, you know, I see like Josh Bell's name out there. I mean, three like legitimate only first baseman on the roster is like, I, I don't know how they can do that unless they're going to move Hosmer and or Voight. I mean, I know they got the spot, but if you put Josh Bell every day at first, then you're just straight up platooning and only platooning Voight and Hosmer, which I understand there's definitely an argument for that based on how they've played this year. But that just feels like you have three big boys that can play one position on your roster that I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. I think the biggest area of need is probably going to be, you know, uh, an outfield bat that can help both offensively and defensively. And then it may not be like the biggest name, but I would imagine they're gonna they're gonna probably bring in some help for the bullpen because even though you do have like Pomeranz and uh, Pierce Johnson, I think coming back here relatively soon, like the bullpen could still use some help. The guys, I mean, Luis Garcia for me, he doesn't really just he just doesn't pass the eye test right now. 
Tim, we know what Tim Hill is. We know what Craig Stammen is. Like, mm. Chris Matt is like the only guy that you're like actually confident in right now. So, even with those guys coming back from the injured list, I think they're still going to need some help. I just don't think it's going to be like a huge flashy name. And get the numbers as soon as, you know, Dennis Lynn or whoever tweets out the trade, it will be like, oh, it's actually, that's not that bad, but it's not going to like blow your mind. Um, I think right now, the outfield as it is, it's pretty weak. I mean, Profar is hurt, but if you include Profar, he's your everyday left fielder. I don't know what is going on with Grisham in center field. Um, he is just playing like a guy that is completely lost. I don't know that Ruiz is going to fill in and be your everyday center fielder. Mazzara, I like what I've seen a lot out of him in right yeah. field. You got Will Myers coming back. He wasn't really giving you anything before he got hurt. I don't know if he's going to bounce back and and give us like that crazy like three-week stretch that we know Will can do. Um, but he's also a free agent after this year. So I think they need some help in the outfield for sure. Um, I don't know what their plan is for Tatis. Honestly, I know everybody, we love to argue and pretend on social media that we know, Oh, he's definitely going to be the shortstop or nah, put him in the outfield. We have no idea what the organization wants to do with him. For all we know, he's going to be the center fielder and they're not even really thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like they're not thinking about bringing in anybody else. They're like, oh, Tatis will be back in a few weeks. He's going to be in the outfield the rest of the time. So we'll go pro far Tatis Mazzara or something like that. Um, but definitely got to bolster the offense. And I think I think an outfield bat is probably the best help the team could get right now. Mm-hmm. How do you think like because we always, you know, we can say Brian Reynolds or Josh Bell or whatever name you want to bring up, but how hard do you think it's going to be for AJ to make any significant like additions to this lineup or even this team? Because from what we know, they're like a million, million and a half away from the 230 luxury number, luxury tax number. And we know with AJ and his draft picks, you go over that again for this second straight year. Uh, that takes away a good amount of draft picks and high up draft picks. Like I think second round, I think is one of them. So how hard is it going to be? Because, you know, you have to, if you're going to make a significant addition, you got to clear salary some way. You know, Lamette, Hosmer, Myers, Stammen, Kim, Pomerantz. I mean, those are some names that come to mind. Does, do, you know, do teams like that? Do teams like those players? Like, you got it. It's too the tango, you know? Right. That's the, yeah, hard. exactly. That's, that's the thing. Those are the names that would help clear some salary, but what, what do any of those names do for another team? Not much. Right. The problem that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to, you know, hey, you can have Bobby Barrels and Luis Camposano, but you also have to take Hosmer. Like, I don't know. He's going to have to he's going to have to really pull something out of his hat in that sense. Uh, I, I honestly like I try to stay away. I know it's a huge issue. The the CBT, the, the luxury tax. I try to stay away from it because it just gives me. I don't like salary caps and luxury taxes and all that mm. in sports. It's so con- like complicated. I don't know what money actually goes towards it and what doesn't. Um, I do know that if you're going to go over it, like you might as well go over it because if you go over it by a thousand dollars or ten million dollars, go over it for, the same. Yeah, go over it for Daniel Hudson like last year. Like <laughs> that. Come on. Yeah, you got to go yeah. way over it. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. I Daniel Hudson's probably not the guy to make you go over it, but um, I, I do know that, yeah, if you got to go over, like, go over. So um, it, it kind of seems inevitable almost that the team's going to have to. If they're going to improve, they're going to have to go over uh, that luxury tax. And so it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down. Um, 
I'm just glad that that's not my job to have to figure it out. And it's AJ's job because quite frankly, uh, he painted himself into that corner with the contract and out over the years. So um, I, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I somehow have confidence that he is nobody, nobody thrives deadline like AJ Preller, except, I mean, we all know how last year went, but you can't say he wasn't active at least trying to get something done so um i think it just feels like career suicide if we have a repeat of this trade deadline so it's gonna be i mean what are we like two and a half weeks out now so it'll be uh it should be an interesting couple of weeks full of false reports and a lot of (laughs) things that make me want to delete twitter let's hope yeah let's hope there's not like a max scherzer false report like there's there's things that you know dodgers are interested in luis castillo or stuff like that but Potters are close to acquiring Max Scherzer. Let's hope that doesn't happen again because that 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 sent a lot of people into uh, very happy and then crashed yeah, right the back down. The roller coaster of emotions ladder, that was a, a day that will live it in for me. That was brutal. And then was it? It was that later that day, right? I think they were playing the Rockies and Ryan Weathers got smashed around and Paddock got hurt during a bullpen session. They didn't yeah. go get any starting pitching. And they acquired Jake Marisnik and Daniel Hudson pretty much for that. De- Adam yeah. Frazier well, ended up playing left field. Like it was just a bunch I of. I mean, bad we didn't just really. get. Yeah, we got kicked in the nuts as Padres fans like 15 times that day because, yeah, you, you thought you had Scherzer, then you don't. Then you find out he's going to the Dodgers. You're the one team you didn't want him to go to. Then out of nowhere, oh, we're also going to throw in Trey Turner to the Dodgers. You're like, wait, we weren't even going to get Trey Turner. Like, are you kidding me? It was just, oh God, I hope nothing even remotely close to that again this year. Yeah. Um, another thing that's on AJ's plate is a Joe Musgrove extension. Uh, when you guys talked to him on the radio the other day, uh, he told you guys that he's optimistic. Uh, but when I asked AJ uh, in person at Petco on last Friday, I was there. Uh, I was asking him about it, and his response to me when I asked if there was progress, he said, "Eh, I'm talking to his agent." Like it didn't feel that optimistic. Uh, so, what? Where do you kind of stand on your confidence level? You know, in this getting done. Um, I'm pretty confident that it will get done, and think you know, there's. There's been reports. There was a report, like I think, as early as like a week ago, that the the talks had fizzled, and mm. Joe pretty much said, you know, just what today's Wednesday, Monday, two days ago, like no, like we're still working through it, and um, I, I just, you know, I don't expect him to take a hometown discount, nor should he. Um, the guy is ready to like set up his family for generations, you know, with this next contract. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say where it's going to be because I think some teams would absolutely overpay for Joe Musgrove. Um, He is arguably our ace, which means that for half the teams in baseball, or maybe even more than half, he would be their number one ace. And he's worth, you know, 25 to $30 million a year for them. Do I really like deep down think that Joe Musgrove is a $30 million a year pitcher? Not really. I, I don't know that he's quite there. He's trending. He's he's gotten he's gotten better every single year, sure. But I just don't know that he's quite at that like elite, elite of the elite level. Uh, but the market is what the market is, and for out there in a contract year and have the year that he's having so far, it's been great. I just 
I would hope that they get something done. I think you got like, it's like a week or something after the end of the World Series before the five days, for a, five days, five, five days. days. yeah, something like that. So whenever you, you know, I don't wait till that long, but I really hope it doesn't get to free agency because then I would be worried, like whether it's a team in your division like the Giants, God forbid, the Dodgers, um, you know, a team like the Yankees where money's not an option, like. You never know what can happen at that point, but I think he wants to be here and not just on a hometown discount. Like, you know, he's, he's rooted here. He wants to be here. I think ownership and the team want him to be here. Um, he, he told us uh, several months ago, like once we got to the season, he didn't want to really deal with all those conversations anymore. And I, I totally get that. And I respect that. So I think he's just letting his agent and AJ kind of checking in on each other. Um, not forgetting about each other, but I don't think like there's super intense talks right now. And I think that's totally okay. Like let him focus on pitching um, and let the, let the agents and the executives handle all that stuff. I I do think it'll get done. Yeah. I still think it's going to get done. um, But you know, when, if you let it get to free agency, like that's the key because we saw with the Yankees, I know Garrett Cole's a great pitcher, but I think, He's not worth 30, what was it, 34 million or something every year that they're giving that guy. Like the yeah. back end of that contract is going to be absolutely ridiculous for them, I think. Well, that's just how um, it is these days. Like you're not, you know, if, if Joe, like I, I would want Joe for like six years. Right. Because he'll be like 35, I think, when that contract ends. The problem is he deserves, based on how baseball contracts work, a seven or eight year deal. And yeah, he's not going to be worth 30 plus million dollars in those last couple of years. He's going to be older and just way more mileage uh, at that point. But that's just how, you know, look at like Albert Pujols' contract with the Angels or Robinson Cano. Like you're paying them for what they've done up to that point and what you think they're going to do, but not for that entire contract. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, yeah, if the Yankees were to come in and be like, here, you know, $200 million, it's like, well, see you later, Joe. Like it was fun. Right, yeah. Um, all right, getting back to this current team, there's been some guys that have performed, I, I think, you know, really well this year. Profar, Manny, uh, Musgrove, obviously, Darvish most of the time. Who do you think needs to step up most going forward uh, from now till the rest of the year? I mean, because there's a lot of guys we could start naming off. And uh, as of late, you know, Rogers and then Voight, Hosmer, uh, Grisham, like there's a lot of names. Who would you point to? I mean, yeah, you said it. It'd be it'd be a lot quicker to just name the guys that don't need to step up. Right. Um, like, I've always liked Snell. I like what I've seen out of Snell for the last few starts. Um, he's looking kind of like how it was six weeks where he was just he was on. Uh, he needs to to step up and keep keep doing what he's doing. Rogers obviously needs to step it up. Nola needs to step it up. Cronenworth needs to step it up. Grisham really needs to step it up. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think at this point, the whole team really collectively needs to step it up outside of profile. I think Kim, this is kind of who Kim is, so I don't know that he necessarily right. needs to step up. I think he's done just fine kind of being thrusted into the role that he's in. Um, Musgrove, Manaya. He's hit or miss, but he's mostly hit. He's doing pretty well. Clevenger's looked pretty good the last few outings. He had a rough 
he's had like the he gives you like four great innings and then like that yeah. fifth or sixth inning is just kind of mm-hmm. where he, he's been hitting the spirals wall. quickly yeah 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 it does so i guess he could step up in that regard but you know really the entire starting pitching mckenzie gore needs to get back to where he was at the, end yeah. of the year but he's that's a rookie that's a rookie you know that's that stuff's gonna happen so really everybody kind of needs to step up i know it's a boring answer but it's true <laughs> yeah yeah and last one about the padres and we'll get to ben and woods um there's, there's some people, I know Twitter is obviously very reactionary um, to mm-hmm. anything. And there's a lot of people that are, you know, doomed uh, right now. They're, oh, Padres don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I, there, there's, it, we are a long way away till I think that. Um, they're 11 <laughs> games over 500. Like, I think we can relax with that. Where do you stand uh, on that and the whole wild card picture right now? Because I think the division's out the window until they start playing better. Yeah, um, it's crazy because my answer could really change in a couple of weeks once we get through the trade deadline. You know, we'll see we'll see what they do. But I think um, assuming and and expecting that they will make improvements, some significant improvements at the trade deadline. um, Yeah, I still think the team's a playoff contender and and should be a playoff team. Um, Division is starting to slip away and. You know, that by the time you get to the division or the trade deadline, the division could maybe already be out of reach. Uh, that's fine. That's what the wild card spots are there for. But I do think this team will figure it out. I just think that uh, having Bob Melvin is super important. I don't think he's going to let it get to the depths that we saw it get to last year. Um, but he can only so much. Bob Melvin playing playing right field, right. getting caught stealing at third and you know, the plate. So uh, the play only have to step. I do think that the right managers in play significant movement will happen over the next weeks. All that happens, I'm definitely confident this team should be in the playoffs. Uh, if they go out, you know, another Jake Marisnik at the trade deadline <laughs> and and all that then uh (laughs) right yeah all right let's get to ben and woods um there's a couple moments that whenever i talk about them or thinking about them or listen to the audio clips i I always laugh about it uh we'll get to that i I did want to ask first off uh about bennett who you had in studio last week right uh as the winner of the ben and woods i think auction uh to co-host how uh, cool is that for you guys to have him in there? It was a lot of fun. So his dad, uh, Chris, was the one, and he's a teacher. So our our golf tournament was back in November of last year, and he won the auction. And, you know, COVID protocols, I don't even think we were allowed in the building. And then things started to open up a little bit more, but he was in school teaching, so he wanted to wait until the summer. So it just kept getting pushed and pushed. And uh, so finally he reached back out. He goes, Hey, does this day work? I said, totally. He goes, Hey, is it cool if my son comes in with me? Like he just wants to sit there and watch. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And then, you know, they, they walk in at five 30 that morning and, and Beckett was just the coolest little kid. And he told us he wants to be a broadcaster when he grows up and you know, him, he, they, I think they both thought they were just going to be kind of observing but we're like, no, no, no. Like it wasn't sit in studio for a day. The auction was co-host for a day. So I gave them our rundown and 
and be like, hey, uh, you're picking the next song and hey, why don't you read that liner for us and stuff like that. So they think that they got way more than they were expecting. Um, we just wanted to make them feel like, you know, part of the team and something that we do every day. Um, but yeah, Beckett, he stole the show, man. I mean, I looked at a lot of our uh, comments on our show that day and people were just like absolutely raving about him. He was so sharp. He had, he had like strong baseball takes for a 10 year old Mm -hmm. and his musical knowledge was like, like blew me away. Like we told him, so we do like our daily ditty every morning and the theme has been, you know, it's each letter of the alphabet right now. So it was letter P and I say, Hey Beckett, you got the daily ditty. You got like 15 minutes to think about it. Don't worry. No rush. And don't even worry about the theme, whatever song you want. You know, he's 10 years old. And he goes, I want to do the theme. I want to do the theme. I'm like, okay, cool. And he goes, let's do, uh, I don't remember the name of the song. He goes, let's do this one by the police. All right, done. And then he goes, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That was Sting, not the police. I'm like, how do you know, like, members of these bands from the 80s? Like, you are so sharp. And, And then he was like, hey, can Ben read raps? I was like, of course we'll make Ben read raps. Why not? You you like hip hop? You pick the song. And he goes, all right. How about Straight Out of Compton by N.W.A. And I'm just like, oh, this kid is so he's he's awesome. So yeah, it was a ton of fun getting to meet uh, him and his dad and having them in studio with us and just trying to shake things up a little bit. Yeah, um, and then one of your guests uh, every week, Adam Jones. Uh, from what I've seen, everyone has loved it. Uh, what do you love so much about Adam? You know, coming on the show. It, it, for me, it's definitely his authenticity, it just feels different than a normal, you know, guest. Sure. Uh, we have a few weeklies right now during baseball season. Jesse Agler on Tuesdays, yep. Eno Saris on Wednesdays or on Thursdays, uh, Adam Jones on Wednesdays or Friar Friday, you know, stuff like that. What none of them really have in common with Adam Jones is they were players and we talked to former players all the time. We don't talk to a ton of former players who were playing like professional baseball as recently as last year. Like he's recently removed from the game. Um, you know, you think of a guy like like Mark Grant, played the game, knows a ton about baseball, more than I will ever know, right? But he hasn't played in how 25, 30 years or whatever it's been. Like it's a different game now. And that does, that doesn't mean like he can't comment on the game. Of course he can. He, he is well earned that right. But Adam Jones, like he knows all these guys that we're asking him about like personally, and he, he played with them. And then he's also not like, he's not a, a broadcaster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, maybe he wants to be, I, I don't know. We haven't really talked to him about any fans if he wants to get into coaching or broadcast or anything like that. But he is just happy to talk some baseball and he, as he would say, uh, talk S. I don't know if you swear on your mm-hmm. podcast or not, you're good, like, you're good. Go ahead. you know what I mean? Like he's just, he's like, oh, I'm down for shit talking and just talking ball. So yeah. I'm like, cool. Like, just don't say that word. Cause you can't on the radio, but, um, he's, he just gives it to you like it is. And yeah, I think it's just the authenticity. Like you said, you can't, it, it can't be matched. I mean, he's not going to try to, explain something that it's not you know what i mean like he's gonna say no this is how it's done and if you don't believe me well you weren't in the locker room for 15 years like i was right exactly yeah um all right getting to the two uh sound bites that i was referencing earlier 
Uh, first one's Pound Town. Second one is when you uh, slowed down Jesse to make it sound like he was drunk. Um, <laughs> let's get to the Pound Town one. I'll play it first. I'm good playing it. You're good with me yeah. playing it? Okay. Uh, just to set that up, and then I'll have a follow-up question for that. So here is that read. I tried and I love that. I was like convulsing earlier this morning writing that out. I was, my, my soul left my body when he said it, and he said Pound Town. And I, you know how hard it was. This hour of Better Woods brought to you by Pound Town. Head on over to Pound Town to Mission so Valley good. today. I, he has put it in front of me. I anchor man it. Pound Town. Pound Town. Pound Town. Give it my best read. That's what I do. I'm sorry. You are. If I've offended anyone, Pound I apologize. Town. It's really Woods and Paul's fault. I'm dying. I just dude. read what's in front of me. Ron Burgundy got canceled too. I mean, he was just reading what was in front of him. <laughs> Go f yourself, Sandy. <laughs> All right, so that was that. Um, let me ask, how did that originate? I believe on the golf course. Just tell me the background of how that went. Well, we've we've pranked Ben a few times. Um, look, you, you heard all the Anchorman references. He is Ron Burgundy. Like the guy is super polished. And he just kind of gets in the in the zone. Like he has like tunnel vision where he's like, I gotta read these liners, I gotta do this at this time, I have to do this at this time. And like that's Ben. And so, you know, the first one we did was a couple of years ago. Um, he had to read the name of a caller or a listener, and he goes, If you hear your name, you have 10 minutes to call and you're qualified for some prize. And Woods came up with the idea of putting the name as Dixie Normus. Dixie Normus. And of course, Ben is just so locked in reading the liner. It's all a blur to him. He doesn't even think about it. He just reads it. And he had no idea what was going on <laughs> until we were just like convulsing laughter. And we just like couldn't control ourselves. So it had been a while since we had done that. And then, yeah, I think me and Woods were out on the golf course and we were just trying to think of like how to like shake something up and just, just change the vibe. Um, it gets, you know, while we have different things to talk about every day, like it does sometimes feel like you're doing the same thing every day. Like, mm. oh, we're doing daily 620. We're doing take on woods at 710. We have don't do this at 720. Like it just kind of feels like you're doing the same thing. So you want to shake it up just a little bit. And we were like, what if we come up? Because I think we had mentioned Pound Town or something like recent, like in the last couple of weeks before that. So like it was kind of fresh in our mind. We're like, how can we like work that in and prank Ben? We're like, we'll just make up a fake restaurant or like a fake client. And so it was like, you know, we have like 10 different people right now that like this hour of Ben and Woods is sponsored by this. This segment right. is sponsored by them. So it, we can just slip it in there. And sure enough, he read it. The difference was with Dixie Normus, we couldn't control it. We just laughed right out loud. And as soon as he, he was like, oh, you guys, he did the liner right as our outro music was playing and after the liner, I believe he goes, all right. And uh, so yeah, head on out to pound town, call them today. Let's head, uh, let's get a check of traffic with Kelly Danik and just went to break. And we didn't say a word. We just wanted to see the reaction on Twitter. And sure enough, you know, after the delay and all that, everyone starts hearing it. And it's just like our Twitter was like bing, 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 bing. Like people were going nuts. Ben still is oblivious to it. And then we are just like crying, laughing. So we come back from break. I played it back for him and he goes, 
oh, like, and then he realized what we did. So it was one of my favorite moments we've ever had on the show. Yeah, um, I bet. Another, I have that shirt, by the way. Uh, another uh, one was the Jesse Agler. What made you think of slowing down this? Uh, answer that after I play the audio. Uh, but this was Jesse Agler uh, just playing a call. It was after the Padre Dodgers series uh, at Petco earlier this year. Uh, so here is that for the audience. Uh, balls and a strike on ball. the left-hand hitting Gavin Lux. And this pitch is hit in the air to left field. That'll chase Profar back. Still going back. He's got room. And Jerkson there to make the catch. <laughs> Taylor's tagging second and third. Here's the throw. The tag. He is out at third. Profar threw him out. Oh, man, yes. he put down the tag. And, oh, boy, what a mistake by Chris Taylor. <laughs> Unbelievable! Unbelievable! The, the old boy, the old boy, is what forgot about me. that. I had completely yeah, forgotten about that. <laughs> so go ahead, go ahead. Um, Say uh, how you thought of that, and uh, that one. That's not as like. There's not much background to that, other than we have done it a few times with Ben uh-huh. uh, playing some of his drops slowed down. It makes you sound drunk, and all that comes from is uh, just somebody either telling me or me figuring it out on my own years ago. Like if you have, like I have an iPhone, so I use Apple podcasts and it's got the the speed marker on the bottom of your phone and you can play it at half speed or you can speed it up to two times as fast. And I think I'm, I just like accidentally hit it. And if you just are listening to people talk at normal 100% speed, but if you slow it down by 50%, no matter who it is, they sound hammered. Like it's, it's so <laughs> funny. Like listen, whatever podcasts or radio shows you like, you can do it. And you're like, yep, they sound drunk. It is super funny. And so we started doing it with Ben a little bit here and there. It's not something we do often. And then um, I don't remember if something happened in the game that like, Maybe we were like, oh, I mean, could you blame Jesse? Like, do you see how the Padres lost in the ninth inning? Like, I'd be drinking too. Or maybe it was something like that. But, um, yeah, it was just funny to mess with that. That slowing it down, it just it kills me every time. Yeah. Um, all right. So it was last week, I believe, where Baseball Nick, love that guy, he brought in that glo- – or he mailed that glove to you guys. Uh, yeah. That glove is sick. Where is yeah. that? Is it in the studio or someone took it? You or Woodsy got it, or who? What? What happened there? Um, I left it with Woods because he actually has like a little office space at home where he can put all that stuff. Um, we don't have like our own office at our building, and we didn't really want to leave it in the studio just because of how cool it is. We're like, eh, mm. I don't, I don't want somebody else, you know, playing around with it or messing with it, or God forbid, somebody walked in and took it. I don't know. So we were just like, uh, as you said, Woods, you take it for now and you know, figure it out later. Um, we certainly like it's such a cool memento like we don't want to use it so mm-hmm. um we just said i just said dude hold on to it i'm like give it honestly i was like give it to bo when he's older you know <laughs> like that is manny is bo's favorite player bo's like four and a half years old right now so like wait till he'll appreciate it and then give it to him probably is what we'll end up doing passing it down but yeah man uh nick is as solid as they come man and um you know, he, he's fortunate enough to have a pretty cool job at Rawlings and he was able to make that happen. We didn't ask for it um, mm. at all, but I wouldn't even have thought to ask. Uh, the glove itself was cool. And then like 
when we read his note that he attached with it, we're like, these are the exact like custom dimensions of Manny's actual glove. You're like, wow, that just got, I mean, it was already cool. Just a Rawlings glove with like our name on it. 10 times cooler. Once we find out it's like Manny's custom glove, you know, like it's really, it was a really cool gift. And uh, yeah, totally appreciate Nick for doing that. Yeah, so I believe anyone listening or watching, I believe on the Ben and Woods Twitter, if you scroll down long enough, uh, you'll be able to find that. Um, all right, last one here. It's on our Instagram. It's probably easier okay. on there. Okay. <laughs> we don't yeah, post so as the, we don't post as much on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So just head on over there then. Um, all right, last one here. Who do you enjoy hosting a show a show with more, Ben or Woodsy, when the other is gone? Ooh. Um. I don't know if they're going to listen. So let me just be diplomatic and say that I will just say that I could argue for either one. Uh, When Ben is out and it's just me and Woods, first what I'll say is it sucks no matter what, whether (laughs) it's just me and Woods or just me and Ben, uh, it's not, it's just not fun. And maybe that's just because I already have a ton on my plate producing and then I can't just leave them hanging. So I also am now the co-host. So, um, it's just a lot of extra work on my end and it just, it doesn't feel right. If all three of us aren't there, like that's the way the show has been built for all three of us to be a part of it. So it just doesn't ever feel the same when woods, when it's me and woods, like, you know, that we're going to have some fun. We're going to get to goof off and we're going to get to try things like playing a a 20 minute Bob Dylan song in its entirety for an entire segment. Like that, like Ben would have left. Ben would have been so uncomfortable. He would have physically left the studio if we ever did that when he was around. So um, I am, I am all for fun and games and we have a super fun time. Problem is with Woods, he doesn't like to do a lot of the uh, business end of the show, like reading this liner and making sure that this gets mentioned. And he still doesn't know when we're supposed to throw to traffic and stuff like that. So um, that's where filling in with Ben he has all of that down and I know that, all right, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to plan a little bit more. I'm going to have to plan on talking a lot more and I got to be more engaging than I normally might have to be. But, uh, I do know that I don't have to worry about all that extra stuff that I do when Woods is co-hosting with me because I know Ben's got it covered. Um, Ben's going to have all his notes, like all that stuff. So it's definitely like, maybe it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Like, on a Friday, me and Woods is pretty fun. On a Monday, me and Ben are pretty good because it's like, all right, Ben's got everything ready to roll. But uh, ultimately, it's nowhere near the same. Like, we know, like, me and Ben, we co-hosted a couple of shows recently while Woods was in Michigan. And we just knew, like, we, we were like, yeah, that was a pretty good show. Like, I don't know. It flew by. It was It was good. You know, we didn't have any, like – pull your car over because you're laughing so hard moments those that's something that only we can come up with when all three of us are together so uh it's just different but man it's it's just so much more it's better for everybody when all three of us are there right yeah all right this has been amazing uh paul reindel 97.3 the fan producer of ben and woods he is what makes that show go uh thank you so much for joining the show paul no problem, man. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. And uh, keep up everything you're doing, man. I see uh, I see you making your mark on Twitter and everything with all, all the videos and all the content. Uh, you know, I don't, 
I don't have it in me to like sit there. It's hard enough for me to like watch the games without wanting to pull my hair out. And mm. I can't even think about like rolling, like recording on every moment of the game and getting it out there, especially as fast as you do, because then you got like 10 other people that are trying to do the same thing, trying to build right. a little brand. I, I totally, I respect the hell out of it. Um, but yeah, you're, you're doing great, man. And uh, keep it up. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Really, really appreciate it. All right, everyone, this has been episode 197 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks, and garlic fries. Everyone, go Padres. I'll be back for the pregame show later today, and hopefully they can get this series win in Colorado. All right, see you, everybody.